Well, we live in a low-commitment culture, don't we? And I'm not just talking about relationships. Membership of all three main political parties are at a historic low. Golf club membership is in decline. And church attendance, as we keep on being told in the West, is down, despite what we know is happening here. Lawrence Grossberg, a cultural scholar, says that in our culture, there is a crisis in our ability to locate any meaning as a possible and appropriate source for an impassioned commitment. He goes on to say, it is not that nothing matters, for something has to matter, but there is no way of choosing or finding something to warrant the investment. In other words, we find it difficult to commit. And the younger generations are finding it harder and harder. Yet a Christian without commitment is an oxymoron. So why should we commit to God? Why should we continue to commit to God and help others too in our culture today? Well, the book of Ruth shows us. The story of Ruth takes place at the time of the Judges. We've just been going through the book of Judges, haven't we? A dark time where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It begins by talking about a man from Bethlehem called Elimelech. And unusually for Bethlehem, there is a famine. So Elimelech decides that his family should go and live in Moab. Sadly, the journey did not achieve its goal, and all three men in the family die in Moab, leaving Naomi widowed and isolated. It's clear the author really wants us to know that Naomi's circumstances are miserable. She's had to move house, she's lost her husband and two sons, all before their time. This is obviously a devastating situation. She's not just lost the three men in her family, but now there is no heir by which their name can continue. This just seems so painful, unbearable. She's very bitter, understandably, about the situation. She feels like she's been dealt a raw deal, really. It's simply just unjust. How could one person suffer so much we might ask as we read this. What can we say? We might say that suffering is an alien invasion in our world. It's not part of God's original plan, nor will it be part of the future. We might say that in the end, God will more than compensate us for our suffering. We might say that God works in and through suffering. We might even say that God is involved in our suffering. But even when all this is said, questions remain without answers, don't they? What then do we make of Naomi's story? Well, there are times, it seems, when all we can do is to leave some questions in the mystery of God. We don't do it as an intellectual cop-out, but because despite current circumstance, God has shown himself to be trustworthy. Easy to say, of course, so much harder to do. 
But what we see here is that Naomi was committed to God regardless of her circumstance. As the story continues, we hear that there was food back in Bethlehem. So Naomi and her two daughters-in-law prepared to return home. But Naomi asked both to stay in Moab and not to return. She prays that the Lord would deal kindly with them and grant each of them rest in the home of another man's house. Ruth and Orpah, both now widows, were more vulnerable, of course, in the society. So Naomi is praying and entrusting them to God. Naomi is trusting God despite her circumstance. Now, what followed was weeping. What followed this request was weeping, grief. Grief expressed by the daughters-in-law because they had to choose between their love for Naomi, who was going, and their hope of motherhood in a second marriage by staying. Initially, they both refused, but on Naomi's insistence, Orpah was persuaded to stay in Moab. And despite the pain... Naomi clearly also feels she displays this ability to consider not herself, but others first. Isn't Naomi's honesty before God amazing? There's no pretense that the anger and pain is not there. No false affirmation that all is well. Naomi does not hide her deepest feelings from God. And we are encouraged to not do so either. The Christian faith takes the sting out of death, but that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It's very, very painful, of course. Sorrow is real. Circumstances move us to tears. There's a proper place for mourning, times of weeping before sorrow, and eventually turn to joy, which can be far, far off. Orpah's decision to stay in Moab doesn't appear to be a bad choice or somehow inferior to Ruth. She has shown her love to Naomi by being obedient to her wishes for her to marry again. Whereas Ruth has showed her love by remaining with Naomi. Ruth's commitment to her destitute mother-in-law is simply astonishing, isn't it? It's here that she says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. This is some commitment, because it means leaving her own family and land. It means, as far as she knows, a life of widowhood and childlessness, because Naomi has no man to give her. And if she married a non-relative, then Ruth's commitment to Naomi's family would be lost. It means going to an unknown land with new people, new customs, a new language. It was a commitment, perhaps even more radical than marriage. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. In other words, she'll never return home. Not even if Naomi dies. She's all in. We see Ruth is committed to God regardless of the cost. And it's interesting to note here that Ruth's commitment to God comes from observing Naomi's faith, her faith in painful circumstances. 
We might think we need to present a perfect life or argument for others to find faith in God, but that doesn't seem to be the case, does it? I know when I was at university, one of my friends uh, became a Christian, and it was not the person I had long debates about defending Christianity. Not that that's wrong, of course. It's good. But it was the friend who observed my life closely and knew all my mistakes, all my failures, all my doubt, my fear, my heartache. In God's grace, people find him through our commitment to him. And in Naomi and Ruth's case, even in the midst of difficult circumstances and cost. When Naomi and Ruth arrive back in Bethlehem, the women ask a question, don't they? Can this be Naomi? The question is poignant because Naomi means pleasant. But she doesn't feel pleasant. So she asks to be called Mara. For that means bitter. However, despite the fact that she feels bitter, she calls God here in the text the Almighty. It's as if she's saying, you can see the bitterness I have experienced. The famine, the bereavement, the questions, the partings, the apparent hopelessness. But I still know that God is the Almighty. And therefore, I can leave the explanation and the responsibility for all this with him. Isn't that amazing? One example of faith. This is a sign not just of commitment to God, but also of God's commitment to us. For it is in Jesus that the fullest explanation of all this becomes clear. The New Testament reveals God in Christ to be the suffering servant, the Lamb of God on whom the sins and pains of the whole world are laid. In Christ's death on the cross, God himself enters into and shares in the depths of the world's suffering and sin. And he takes it all on to his own shoulders. He takes the responsibility for dealing with it all. God in Christ takes all the suffering and pain onto himself on the cross because he loves us to the uttermost. And he invites us today to place our sin, pain, suffering, even to take out our anger on him because he can bear it. How do we know this? Because God raised Jesus from the dead. He's conquered sin, death, and evil. What greater sign of God's unfailing commitment to us is there than this? So, can we trust in God regardless of circumstance, regardless of cost? Or how about looking at it the other way? What's the cost to us of not trusting in Christ? Without Christ, we sacrifice a deep peace. Without Christ, we sacrifice an overflowing joy. Without Christ, we sacrifice a pure and secure hope. Without Christ, we sacrifice Christ's acknowledgement in the world to come. There's a joy, a peace, a hope, a security to following Jesus. It is a commitment that warrants the investment. Today is an invitation for us to 
put our faith in God. Or to find out more, to keep learning about this God who's 100% committed to us. Maybe you feel God at the moment is calling you to make a risky commitment or undertake a new venture. If so, be encouraged that trusting in the sovereign goodness and mercy of God leaves you free for a radical kind of love as displayed by Ruth. Maybe God wants to give you freedom, courage and strength to keep a commitment that you've already made. Or perhaps something painful has come your way to make your future feel hopeless. The book of Ruth encourages us that God is at work right now for all of us to give us a future and a hope. Perhaps you'd like to pray or receive prayer today for God's strength to trust him in a difficult circumstance or because of a difficult cost. Or perhaps today is a time of sorrow for you and God simply wants to comfort you. As I close, in this passage we see that Naomi is committed to God regardless of circumstance and Ruth is committed to God regardless of cost. Their faith shines out brightly in the dark days of the judges and it's an encouragement to us today. Not an encouragement to simply try harder, redouble our efforts, but an encouragement that through faith in Christ, we can receive power to live a life committed to God now and to follow him into the future. So we pray together. Father, we're aware of the culture we live in, the culture that finds it difficult to commit. We thank you for the witness of Naomi and Ruth, for their astonishing faith. Lord, we acknowledge our difficulty in being faithful to you and thank you that you are always faithful to us. May we trust in your son, Jesus Christ. May you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we would receive your power to live the life you're calling us to live. May you give us a deep peace, an overflowing joy, a sure hope and a firm security that regardless, or, regardless of circumstance or cost, you are faithful, that you will deliver. May you strengthen and comfort us here this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.